Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would you like to contribute to the conversation? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in? Jay Talking with Bradley Jay. I listen to morning with the sun up. I'm busy. WBZ News Radio 1030. I tune my radio to him 1030. The radio's all yours now. I talk to a man whose name is Bradley J. Improved my mind in a wonderful way. I just called in to see what condition conversation was in. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. WBZ, 12.08. Here Jay talking live, midnight to five. Rob Brooks is in the house. And uh, I'm Bradley Jay. Michael Coyne joins us. He's, he's my lawyer person. He's my show lawyer. And thanks for being here. Dean of the Massachusetts School of Law. We have all kinds of things to cover. For one thing, the updates on the Robert Kraft case and Massachusetts man freed from prison after 30 years, charged again with rape. I mentioned to you something between coin visits that had to do with the marking of tires, your tires, with chalk marks to surveil your car was found to be unconstitutional. And we have the uh, the polit- political things, the Mueller and Barr situation. So thanks for coming in. Always a pleasure. I, let's let's ask you about your ongoing <laughs> um, leg situation. You, you, My medical situation. We, not, we know so much about it that we can't let it go and not know how it gets resolved. So you fell off a ladder and it caused you problems for now over a year and you have some hardware in your leg and you've reached a plateau of your mobility and tomorrow you're going to get that hardware removed. I am. Tomorrow morning, at uh, I've got to be at Lawrence General Hospital at 6 a.m. And Dr. Reed is going to take out the hardware and the, all of the screws that are in my leg. And hopefully, um, and, I, and I'm doing well. I'm, I think I've been able to do almost everything I could do before. But I still have a little trouble going uphill and running. So this should Who take- wants to go uphill anyway? <laughs> <laughs> That's all we seem to do is go uphill. So I'm looking forward to uh, having this finished. All right. Do you know if they use power tools like, I, like at, at the gas station? I think that's exactly what they do. And he said, yes, If it, and if it stays in too long, uh, they even have to chisel it out a little bit, I'm oh. told. You know, I mean, we all Google our medical stuff these days. Which is so a, when, it's a bad idea. Uh, I see. I don't agree with oh, that. Oh, that's a and topic I've heard right that, there. And but I think more information is, is good information. So the more we have, the, I, guess, the, I guess it depends on how you use it. If you're looking to see what happens in your procedure, that's one thing. But if you're looking to try to self-diagnose, oh yeah, 
That's not good because when you go to the doctor, the doctor will right away eliminate a whole bunch of stuff that you would worry about if you didn't go to the doctor. Well, and I think a lot of healthcare professionals hate that we go to WebMD and Leahy, uh, you know, uh, Johns Hopkins and Mayo Clinic to get all of our information because half the time we skip by the easy stuff and we jump right to we've got the uh, terminal case of X, Y, and Z and we uh, far up more often it's something much more benign than that. So. Uh, but I think more information is good. It uh, helps us, and certainly, especially if uh, we want to live uh, a better life, there's an awful lot of resources online that tells us how to take better care of ourselves. All right. So I'm not a lawyer. But you play one on the I radio. Play one, <laughs> I, actually, no, I have to be careful not to play one on the radio. Dan Ray and Nancy Sheck, both excellent attorneys. And, they are. Uh, and also well-versed in all things politics, so they're really – very uh, fit to talk about things like Barr and Mueller. Right. You two are an attorney. I am not, so I need to ask questions. And folks, I'm going to ask questions just like you, non-attorneys out there would ask. I'm asking lay questions, regular regular person questions. These are not questions a lawyer would ask. They're a lawyer. If I were a lawyer, they'd say you should know that you're a lawyer. But I'm not, so I'm going to ask it. I'm going to ask them. Let's first take a look at the Mueller report. Now, Bob Mueller pretty much said, we don't really find enough evidence of any sort of collusion to indict. As far as obstruction goes, we don't want to say. I, Bob Mueller, don't want to say. I'm going to just, here, you take this and you decide. He punted. He did punt. Some people say he didn't, but he did. I feel like he's kind of a naive Boy Scout thinking the, the forces of good will well, hash this out. It gives it to the Department of Justice, and and I feel like some. I feel like he Mueller was thinking that they would get fair treatment, but everything's so partisan now that nothing could ever get fair treatment. You think maybe he dropped the ball? Maybe he was the the fairest in the land to decide this. I mean, he was the least partisan of all, and that he made a mistake, not recommend, recommending anything. Well, I think in hindsight, it probably looks like a mistake, and it'll be interesting when he comes to testify. It uh, had been scheduled for May 15th to see whether he believes now it uh, was a mistake. He's had some um, exchanges with Barr that would indicate that he was disappointed with uh, Barr's uh, summary of his report and doesn't capture the character or the uh, intent of uh, the information with respect to obstruction. So he may feel in hindsight he should have been uh, much more emphatic about what they, their findings okay. were as he saw it. I think, though, what he was actually doing, and it, I can understand if this is the logic, is that he was uh, picked to investigate. He wasn't picked to charge. He actually doesn't have the power to charge someone with obstruction. So he laid the case out and it would be up to the attorney general then to follow through with that evidence on obstruction. So he may have been faithfully carrying out his work as he saw his uh, obligations, expecting that other people, based on the information, then would do the right thing. All right, maybe he didn't even expect that. Maybe he just felt, I know it's not going to get a fair treatment, but I've been charged to do this. Anything beyond what I'm doing is beyond the scope of of with, my authority. With my authority. Right. All right. So he may not have been naive. It's simply that it, he didn't have the authority really to do that. As he saw it. As That's, he saw it. Right. In the past, people have had felt they did have the authority, 
Didn't Ken Starr feel like he had more authority? Well, I think, and that's, see, this is, you know, law is a lot of gray. It's not all black and white. So sometimes, you know, one lawyer looks at something and they interpret it one way. Another lawyer looks at it and thinks and, and thinks something slightly different. But the devil is in the details. So a lot of times that difference could be all the difference in the world. Right now, this attorney general we have has a very expansive view of the president's powers and the president's immunity from being sued while he is in office. And obviously, his view on what the president can do, that then, uh, because of his expansive powers, as Barr sees it, it, it's almost impossible then to figure out when, under what circumstances, he could even be charged with obstruction since he's the chief executive right. officer can in bar's view it appears can do virtually anything all right so for all of you i want you to know that i'm glad that the president was not found to have colluded i know that word's a, a flawed word with the russians i'm glad to know that my president is not a knowing colluder that's good we should all be happy about that right and i'll be happy to find that he's not an, an obstructor of justice I would be happy to, to to understand that too. So, I do though need to just ask you questions about things like a recent uh, an article, a letter from over four hundred former federal prosecutors that said this is absolutely the things that the president did. If you were not president, would be absolutely obstruction of justice. What am I to think about that compared to what what Barr says? Well, again, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Uh, you know, I was I had a long conversation with Allison King from NBC 10 Boston the other day. And what we were saying is, as we talked about it, is that it's very difficult to actually look at and get to the rule of law here because there's so much posturing, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. The, the, everything gets lost because of, of who's making the statement. So first of all, I think some would say, well, who are these prosecutors and under who did they serve? Because is this, to some extent, tainted by their politics? And, and perhaps that's legitimate. But when you have this volume of prosecutors come forward and say anyone else would have likely been charged with obstruction of justice under the circumstances, that requires all of us to take a very hard look at what the, what the president actually did to see if that's realistic that he, in fact, impeded this investigation in some way. And, and that's the thing I want to get to and really have folk, people think about. When we say obstruction of justice, people think it's a, it's a loftier uh, position than it really is because some fall into the trap, as the attorney general himself says, is that, well, if there's no underlying crime, you can't obstruct justice. In essence, you can't obstruct the end result. I don't agree with that interpretation. The statute actually talks about uh, obstruction of justice, but it also talks about anyone who takes steps to impede a federal investigation. And that's what I think, if you really start to focus on here, is did the president actively take steps to impede the investigation that uh, Mueller was charged to do with respect to the investigation of these activities? And I think that's what these prosecutors are looking at when they sign on and say anyone else, uh, anyone who wasn't the president of the United States likely would have been indicted uh, on impeding the federal investigation. Uh, he fired Comey. 
that was clearly done, and he said originally uh, why he did it was would be seem to be con- completely consistent with impeding the investigation. Um, he asked Sessions to resign. He asked Sessions not to recuse himself to help uh, bolster his position to to prevent the investigation from going forward. Uh, he worked with Flynn. Uh, he worked with Manafort. He dangled out potential pardons for them. There's a lot of things that when one looks at, what was the purpose of doing that other than to try and conceal the truth, to prevent some of these witnesses from coming forward? Um, you know, even Michael Cohen, if you if you listen to Rudy Giuliani and the president, there were times there where they were uh, attempting, it would appear, by their offers of you've got friends in high places and the like, to prevent the mm-hmm. truth from being uh, obtained by Mueller and his investigators. We do have to break, but I do have a list of 10 things that have been spotlighted as obstruction, obstructionist anyway. And we'll take a look at that and, and have you, we won't get to all 10, but one of them has to do with efforts to have White House Counsel Don McGahn deny the president had ordered him to have special counsel removed. So isn't that witness tampering? Sure. That's why the, isn't that, isn't that illegal? Well, that's wouldn't, if I did that, wouldn't they lock me up and throw it, away the key? And that's what the investigators are saying. Someone other than the president of the United States certainly would be facing criminal right. charges. Bob Mueller, beyond his scope, part of the reason he didn't say anything was about recommendations was that it is custom that you don't indict a sitting president. Is that law or is that just custom? That's the attorney general's interpretation of the law. And uh, many lawyers uh, actually agree with that interpretation. Now, obviously, uh, all lawyers don't always agree. So there are some that don't believe that that, in fact, is uh, the status of the law. But isn't I that think- a flaw, though? Because isn't that kind of a—we're I mean, talking about someone who is part of the branch, of the, of the executive branch, making a decision that affects that person's boss. Well, and that's the that is the problem with it. And historically, at least at its origins, the attorney general was in fact seen as the president's lawyer, the White House's lawyer. So to ask them to to remove themselves from that historic relationship and really look at the president and the staff of the White House objectively is is very difficult, almost impossible. And Barr, I think, holds a view closer to the origins of when the U.S. attorney was, in fact, the president's attorney. Many have said in his testimony to Congress and the like, uh, he did sound more like the president's yeah, I- attorney than, than an independent evaluator of that uh, evidence. Given that inherent relationship, aren't we making a mistake to not think of any attorney general as the president's lawyer? Uh well, I think many attorney generals have acted more independently than what we're presently seeing. Uh, you know, if you look at, but if you if you do think about it historically, who was JFK's attorney general? It was yeah, right. his, his brother Bobby. So when, when so, you get down into the trenches, you got to remember that this guy serves at the at pleasure the of, of, of the, the pleasure. president. And and that may be the problem with our logic is that we expect something something more. different. And that's not. And likely might it be? The case. I, it might be a flaw with Mueller. I don't. I feel like Mueller felt that way. Said, uh, I'm going to trust you yes. to go ahead and uh, spin this. Oh, I think. I, I think he. I didn't think. I don't think he felt 
he could trust him to spin it. I think he, he just felt he had no choice because that's the way it goes. And and he expected others to potentially have the same objectivity that he ha- that he had, because that's the thing. I think we've got to be realistic. Is that uh, we had many had praised Mueller for his objectivity and likely his high ethics and morals while we were waiting the results. The fact that the results don't now satisfy everyone doesn't mean that he didn't do a good job and that those results aren't tainted. The problem now comes in is that many are reading that report. You've got some examples. There are numerous examples of it where many would look at that and say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, I get the conspiracy. You don't have evidence of the collusion and the conspiracy, but there is an awful lot of evidence that the president did attempt to obstruct this investigation, which would be an obstruction of justice. Why aren't we pursuing that a little more aggressively? But, but, it, but the, at least from Barr's standpoint, the reason you don't indict a sitting president is the sitting president has a lot more serious responsibilities than to be defending lawsuits. And, and there'd be a lot of people suing the president simply to get him to defend right. lawsuits. So, it, so logically, there's a reason right. for it. I get if, that. If you think the president has committed a crime— then it should be a high crime or misdemeanor subject to impeachment. That's the process when you don't like, right. when you feel So it has to be such an egregious error that it, it could pass, the, it could surmount the impeachment, the high impeachment bar. That's correct. That's what, and that's, that's what, okay. and that, and then once the president is impeached, then under those right. circumstances, potentially, you, if there is a, an indictable offense, he can face those charges once the president is out of Regardless office. Regardless of the president or the party from which that, President Hales, it does irritate me when any elected officials get away with stuff, you know, that I couldn't. I hate that. And I that's what I see. And this is personally, man, if that ha- if I did that, I'd be in so much trouble. And I see lawmakers and presidents getting away with stuff that I couldn't. And I hate that. Well, isn't it always uh, doesn't we always it- worry about how much better the rich and powerful do in our system? Because it's not just the politicians who are yeah. who are doing well. Well, I I hate that too. I, I and I, I do hate too. it all. And this is another example of this oh this this thing that I dislike so much. I I agree with you. The so, inequities. Really, the- you you talked to Don McGann and you tampered with a witness. And by God, if I did that, I would definitely go to jail. Yes, and you wouldn't. I have, hate that. You wouldn't have half the lawyers or the I, money to defend yourself. I, so let's wrap up this Mueller thing right here, right now. We have. Um, it's, it's generally pretty clear that if we had done the things that the president had done, has done, we'd go to jail. However, he's the president, and it serves the greater good not to have the president be unable to perform his duties over something that does not rise to the level, the high bar, of an impeachment and a guilty finding on that impeachment. So that's a good high bar. This doesn't reach that, so the president gets to do this stuff. Not this president, just this president, but any president. And so it's not about Trump. It's just about the president and people in power versus us. What if the president like w- does not win re-election and becomes a civilian again? Is he on the hook for any of this stuff? Yes. So he's like us, in, except he has better lawyers. Uh, he could be charged at that point. Yes, he could. He could be charged at that point. And we have. There's a couple things to remember. He, he may be the target of some of these other uh, auxiliary 
uh, actions that are out of New York and elsewhere that Mueller made reference to and has referred those matters to other authorities. Are those so, also things that wouldn't bother him while he's in office? Well, again, with the theory being that a sitting president can't face indictment, they, that may be just they, that even if he's a target, even if um, they were to bring charges, they would likely wait till after he's out of office. And so there may be matters already out there, but even this obstruction of justice charge, he's not out of the woods yet because should he um, lose the election and others then take a harder look at that where we already know reasonable minds can disagree with respect to those charges, then he may well face charges at that point. Okay. He still may face charges sometime as a result of this within the near future, but again, You'd have to have the interpretation either change that he that a sitting president can't be indicted, or he'd have to lose the election. Okay, in the very most extreme case, the best case for the president, he goes another six years and then he's done. Right. So if he survives, then he's subject to this stuff. He could be the subject to this stuff, but again, is there uh, any sort of statute of limitations? Yeah, sorry, there would sorry. be. Yes, there would be a statute of limitations, but I don't. I think it's going to be longer than the six years. Or, you know, he could. Sometimes you will have an indictment actually issue and it's sealed, and then they release it. They pop it open on day one. Uh, they release it down the road. So, okay, given what you've seen, what are the odds that a civilian? Could beat those charges, even a rich civilian. Well, and that's the thing to think about here, because we've sort of glossed that over very quickly. Could he be charged with obstruction of justice? These three or four hundred prosecutors say, yes, he would have been charged. But you've got to take it to the next step, because there are many prosecutors who believe we shouldn't be bringing charges unless you're certain, virtually certain you have uh, the strong likelihood of getting right. a guilty verdict, which means proving the charges beyond a reasonable That's my doubt. question. These charges here... Like the McGann thing. Uh, the McGann thing to me is very problematic because McGann says emphatically he told him uh, that he wanted him fired. He wanted this to stop. Well, if McGann is telling the truth, that would sure seem like the president intended to take steps to impede that federal investigation. So that's just a he said, he said? But, but that's the point. So it's a he said, and the president is going to say something else. The question is which uh, of those testimonies would the jury find more believable would they find McGann's testimony believable beyond a reasonable doubt and and that's an open question as a civilian are you more um, vulnerable to having your forcibly having your taxes looked at uh, there's certain privileges we all have for to not release our tax returns without our permission or without um, a warrant and the like, and what they're fighting about now is who's got the valid authority to right. issue it and whether uh, it really is necessary for Congress to have that for some investigatory purpose. And if they don't, then they're just simply, as the, the, uh, the Secretary now believes, or at least has stated, that they are just looking to do this to, to make the President look bad and under those circumstances, the secretary doesn't believe he has the okay. authority to release the tax returns. There are, you hear allegations of things like inflating net worth in order to get a better deal on a loan. Is that something that, if that comes up, would require a tax return? It, it uh, might. 
tax return would be helpful, but it's not really the tax return that would necessarily be okay. needed in order to prove that. And and with with respect to that charge, I mean, I think that that's that's probably likely. If if you really and this is where the president would would object to a lot of this. If you were a real estate developer for 30, 40 years in New York City, the likelihood is there are some errors in various financial statements and various loan applications, and and that's looking at it charitably. Yep. The, the fact is, is that this has been a practice, and many people have gone to jail for it over the years, um, So because at the end of the day, it is potentially defrauding. Uh, the federal government and the agencies that that uh, guarantee these types of loans. But the likelihood is if you dug deep enough, you would find some of those financial crimes. And, and I think the president would also argue that if you dug deep enough on any of us, yep. you would likely find that we have committed crimes that that we would prefer to stay hidden as opposed to revealed like this. So so that's huh. the question. How much money are you going to spend on it to ultimately uncover what is the president would see All and right. others might see as relatively minor crimes? I mean, that gets us to the point of is maybe it is a witch hunt at some point. Okay, so now we talk about the, the bar thing. Barn seems like a surrogate for the frustration of the Democrats with the president, and he's the punching bag now, maybe deservedly so, because first, did he seem gratuitously snarky in his hearing. Yeah, and does that, I thought so. from your point of view, does that harm him? Or, uh, or is it different when you're at that level? No. Well, I think, again, it, may, it makes people hate you and want to bring you down. Makes some people hate you and some people cheer you. Cheer you because yeah. they, it depends again on the politics. Okay. And that's the problem with some of this is the, the rule of law and the actual right or wrong gets lost because of which side of the equation okay. we're on. And the problem is, is that I do think if you look at the testimony and you try to look at it objectively, there were parts that were uh, that certainly appear to be untruthful. At the minimum, you would argue he wasn't forthcoming with the truth and may have been dissembling, at least in t at parts, certainly with respect to whether Mueller objected to the synopsis. They had three different exchanges with respect to that. He clearly would have known that Mueller was objecting to the summary of the report released. Okay. Uh, but that's not what he told Congress when he was asked that question directly. So Nadler is looking for, they're going to vote on contempt, contempt. of court. It, yep. it's, it's inherent contempt because uh, of the, they, they, he was supposed to be present I, I assume that there is a subpoena that accompanies that uh, because he didn't uh, comply with that order. Then the, the question is, is he in inherent contempt? So that doesn't the, mean anything, right? Let's take a look at, <laughs> right? It doesn't mean anything. No, that, it's just, that's not what Okay, I'm let's saying. take a look at uh, Holder. Right. Holder and Fast and Furious was in, what, in contempt. They wanted to look at stuff related to that. He was held in contempt related to that, and nothing happened. Right. This is, this is the crux than... of the biscuit right here. Nothing happened. Why not? He's in contempt. Contempt seems like a toothless tiger to me. Uh, it's not a toothless tiger. It does carry with it potentially the threat of incarceration. And, and that's your hang-up here is, well, if it's just the threat, that's not enough. Um, right. Lawyer, no one takes that threat seriously. Not, not sufficiently seriously. And I, I don't disagree with you on that. But lawyers and others 
uh, should be loath to be held in contempt of Congress. What it says is you're violating court orders, legitimate authority to uh, do certain things. To be in contempt as, as a lawyer would carry with it potentially uh, some professional uh, liability, For some professional uh, consequences, even if it doesn't carry with it the threat of incarceration. Again, it uh, depends on who's looking at it. There are others would hire him specifically because of this. Well, it's it's true. If you're going to stand up to the authority and even take the, the bullet for your client, as some would argue he did there, well, that's the lawyer I want when the going gets tough. And and you're right. No, some would see it as a badge of honor. Many would see it okay. as, as problematic. I, I don't disagree with you that it should have more uh, uh, power behind it but the problem is, how do we carry that out? I mean, do we really want to, and where will we incarcerate the chief law enforcement officer of the United States? Because that's what the DC attorney general is. DC. But where in DC? They have plenty of jails. Well, actually, actually they've said we, they have their own jail cell somewhere in the bowels of Congress. Send them to Otisville. Is it Otisville uh, where Cohen went? No. Uh, I didn't see where Cohen, Cohen went. went. He started to, his sentence today, I know that. Yeah, he went to a, a nice jail. I'm probably there's room for any attorney general sure who wants to go. Right. So back to Holder. Yeah. The deal is, found in contempt, you can go ahead and uh, pursue that, but there may be political consequences for pursuing something. If you're, perce- if you're seen to over-pursue, then there are consequences, just like there are consequences for the impeachment of Clinton. The, the impeachers tend to suffer because it's seen as overreach and and messing with the system, and it's just a dangerous thing to do. So as far as bar, the bar situation goes, nothing's going to happen because the same hesit- hesitancy would exist that did with Holder, right? I don't know whether I, – I'm not sure I agree with you that nothing's going to happen and nothing happened to Clinton. Clinton actually did lose his law license as a result of all of that. Yeah. And there is a professional stain that, that occurs, obviously, with Clinton for many reasons – uh, and Barr as well, if that's the route we go down. You know, I think a lot of people now, we uh, had hopes that this he was going to be independent and would stand for justice. And now his professional reputation in, in many parts has taken a real hit. I don't, I don't know whether that is something we can just so easily dismiss and say, well, nothing happened to him when a fair number of people in the country now believe he's unethical and immoral yeah. and, and corrupt. That's If you spend uh, 40, 50 years of your life building your reputation, that's that's a pretty hard badge to have to but wear. But once you enter the political arena, don't you have to just suck that up? It, it suck that up? What, it, it's mean, like you just can't let that bother you. If you're Once you get into politics... What that 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 that, that the notion that you're going to be squeaky thing? clean or, or super honorable is that is cannot cannot be expected to survive. I don't know that that sounds like a show for uh, uh, another All day, right. but it certainly sounds like a show worth doing. Is is that where we've we've got to with respect to our our political parties and our politicians? Is that we can't we shouldn't have the right to expect any of them to be clean and moral and upright people because that's slightly pretty- different than what I'm saying. What I'm saying is once you enter that, you can't expect to emerge everyone believing if you're going to not get, everyone if you're going to get dirty the in majority. politics about half the people are going to say that you're no damn good 
But it, seriously, half? Yeah. Because I, I could see where we could say, well, you're, ne- you're not going to please all of the people all the time. So 20% of the people will hate you. All right. And 80% of the people, if 80% of the people think you're upstanding and morally right and a courageous individual, that's that's a victory. I hope it's not. Do you really think it's that bad that that the best it's going to get is 50% of like it? I talk to people five hours a night. I know you do. And that's what I hear. Now, these are are different times. And while they might have been, you know, let hold her off the hook just because, oh, who wants that whole messy thing? These are different times. They want that whole messy thing. So here's what I fear. This is this is the the doomsday situation, which we're really close to. Again, I really don't care who's in office because if they're terrible, next time we'll get some somebody different. It's the system I care about preserving, and I see these a quick chain of events that result in us being no longer the United States but closer to Venezuela. And I'll spell those out right after this on BZ. Now, what do you say? I look forward to your next syllable with great eagerness. Jay Talking with Bradley Jay. It's Bradley Jay. You're listening to WBZ News Radio 1030. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you want to talk? About what? I'm talking about my life. I'm talking about form. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about interrelationships. I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, heaven. Do you understand? Okay, talk. Jay talking with Bradley J. WBZ News Radio 1030. It's WBZ Bradley J. We're with Michael Coyne, Dean of the Mass School of Law, kind of talking about the situation with Mueller and now Barr and how this might all pan out. Again, I, I was not super thrilled with President Obama and the behavior of Holder. I'm not super thrilled with what's going on here. Really what I care about is the system. I need it to be in place, the template that the founders put into place that keeps us going strong for decades and decades and decades and has us where we are. And when I see it uh, starting to fall apart, that's concerning to me. And this is what I fear, Dean Coyne, what I fear. And it's kind of the nuclear situation. I fear a situation where contempt is pursued when it comes to uh, Attorney General Barr. And he is convicted and has to serve has to serve somehow and refuses and some officers of the court or police come to get him and the president says nope and says the military to to repel these police trying to take away the attorney general and we have an armed standoff and that is the end of the United States. We are now, we would then immediately become Venezuela or something like that. And that would be it. The other potential scenario is the president loses the election and if it's close, says, uh, I'm not leaving, there was voter fraud, and calls out his people into armed rebellion. Is that is that something that 
It's not could happen. Am I am I it's not am, am I chicken little here or what? No, it's not crazy. And I think in part that's why uh, Speaker Pelosi has suggested that impeachment proceedings uh, are not the way to go here. That the likelihood is this should be settled at the ballot box. But your uh, issue as we start down this is, road is with, Pelosi's thought that there would be armed rebellion should he have been. Should I don't be know convicted? whether I don't know whether she's expressed it as that. I think what she's expressed is that the president and his supporters may not accept the results of the election. And, that, and, and how does that manifest itself? Well, we don't know yet, right? I mean that, and that's part of the problem, and that's part of the concern that some have have is that if this administration has shown such. Uh, little faith in the rule of law to begin with, who's to say that they would in fact follow it as it comes to its natural conclusion with respect to the election or or even bar? Because that's the issue. Okay, let's assume that Congress is intent on going forward now and finding bar in contempt, and that's what the suggestion is on Wednesday. There will be a vote with respect to that. Well, how do you then enforce it? How much further down this road do we go if the president and his staff— and the secretary intends to ignore Congress's findings, well, then does that put the Congress and the president in direct conflict? Of, and, and how would that conflict be resolved? And I'm and I not just talking about conflict in the terms you know, of this um, uh, theoretical intellectual conflict. What we're saying is that, that at that point they are much closer to, without following the rule of law, some type of anarchy. Yeah, I mean, we did have a civil war. We did have the Whiskey Rebellion. This kind of stuff does happen. It, it does happen when when people don't follow the rule of law and do what the Constitution expects. And that's why we're, we're in a, a delicate time period because it's very unusual, in my opinion and my experience, to see the... Um, Department of Justice, the head of the Department of Justice, uh, in such conflict with Congress. Not that it hasn't happened before, because as you said, Holder Holder has been there. Other uh, attorney generals have uh, been uh, uh, oppositional with Congress. So it's not that we don't have conflict. We, in the past, we've had, at least it appears, much better means of resolving that conflict. And I don't think a lot of, a lot of folks have much faith at this point in how would these right. conflicts be resolved? I don't have that. I I fear we're we're nearing a, a very bad time, and I think it'd be be behoove us all to to get rid of the idea that somehow the the Attorney General of the United States is nonpartisan and will act that way. They, in fact, are part of the executive branch and will behave like that. Well, and that historically they were part of the okay. they they were the president's lawyer, and we're we got to understand they always they are and always will really be when push comes to shove. Well, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. And you're you only get a couple hours of sleep, and you're going right to the the doctors and get that plate removed from your leg. What time is your actual procedure? Supposed to be seven thirty. I'm supposed to be the first one out in the morning when everyone's shopping. I'm looking. We love. Is that how you go? Is that how you do it? Yeah, that's what that's what I'm doing. I've got to. I, I like that too. Yeah. Also, you're not going to get delayed if you take a, an appointment later in the day. You can be put. You can get pushed back. And if you have had to go without any food because of a yep. surgery, and then you get pushed back, you get super hungry. And it's, <laughs> 
<laughs> Seriously, it's a real issue. You don't want to be hungry, but I want them fresh. All right. Okay, well, so at 7.30, everybody, like, be thinking yeah, about... Say a little prayer, that's fine. Say a little prayer. <laughs> shoot them, if Prayer's not, accepted. If you're a student or a pal of Mike Corn, you know, shoot him a little text, you know. Hey, hope it's hope it's going okay. I'm Thank sure you. it will. Me too. You'll be relieved of that, of that weight on your leg, and you'll be, like, flying around. <laughs> okay, thanks, everybody. Ralph and Maine, we'll get to you after the break if you want. Thanks, Rob. Brooks. Rob Brooks is uh, working a wheel. Mark's out in the other room gathering news. Everything, all is well here at WBZ at iHeartRadio headquarters. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.